Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hobby Happy Hour with me, Bob, and only Bob. Unfortunately today we are not joined by Jono, he could not make it as he is not here. However, I am joined by the elusive um, and renowned Gil Harrod. Let's say hello. Hello mate, how's it going? I'm good, good. Are you? Are you okay? Delightful. Fantastic. Would you like to introduce yourself to the good people? I'm sure many have already heard of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Gil Harrod, and or Dan, whichever one you want to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knocking about for a little while there. Good. It's a long name, Gil Harrod and or Dan, but that's fine. We can, um... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the fun we have. So, anyway, yeah, we are gathered here today to i don't know our first recorded book club um which is a monthly event that we are holding at the minute where we get together and discuss a book within the 40k setting yes indeed and in this month's segment what have we been reading dan uh we've gone for demon world this month we have demon world a personal favorite of mine Yes, on your advice, slash request, slash wish. <laughs> slash demands. Demand. Um, I think we were we were well aware that not many people would be joining us for this occasion, um, as it is, you can't get hold of a audio version of this book. It is hard copy only. You have to go old school, I'm afraid. Um, we you've will... got to read those words. you got to read them. you got to read them. That's all you got to do. you just got to read the words. The words. Um, so... We will, obviously, there will be spoilers throughout this. So if you wish to read the book Demon World by Ben Counter, which I highly recommend. It's a good book. It is one of my favourites, if not my favourite book. Um, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, but we'll so try and... I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting, actually. Yeah, good. We'll, we'll try and keep the spoilers towards the back end so you can sort of listen to some of this and then we'll go like, we'll just scream spoiler. Nah, fuck it. There's going to be loads of spoilers in this. I'm not organised <laughs> enough to... <laughs> to spread it out in any yeah, way. Yeah, I think it's uh, be difficult to really discuss it without uh, doing the spoilers. It is. It is. It is a tricky, a tricky endeavor. Um, a little summary. A little summary. So, basically, in a nutshell, on the demon world, demon world, mm-hmm, of Torvendis. Deep in the heart of the warp storm known as the Maelstrom, ancient rivalries threaten to shatter the delicate balance of power currently held by the Lady Charybdia, demon princess of Slanesh. Um, when the warriors of the Wordbearers arrive on the planet hunting one of their own, the traitor Carnulon, monstrous forces are unleashed that could tear Torvendis apart. Um, in the description doesn't really mention who I'd say is the main protagonist. Uh, it's a barbarian yeah. called Golgoth. Uh, I think the majority of the book is sort of written from his perspective. Yeah, I'd say so. You'd agree with that? Yeah, I would. I'd say, and I think it's about as close as you can get to a protagonist in this book. Um, followed very, very closely by the uh, by the word bearer Arcarnulon. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting book. There's no real good guys in it, I'd say. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could really uh, point to a um, a hero, so to speak. No. No, in fact, I, I don't think anybody has any redeeming qualities whatsoever. I think the closest you have to redeeming quality is hashtag spoiler, um, Carnulon at the end, or Carnulon, I don't fucking know. He's got three names in this book. It does get a little tricky to follow, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. 
but he, like towards the back end of it, he's an ex-word bearer. He's gone against the word bearers, and he kind of like throws his hands, his fists up against the chaos gods in a, a mighty. Well, you know what? Fuck you. That's that's how I feel about all of this. Fuck you, you fuckers. Um, <laughs> which I feel is a an adequate description. But he's still in no way a good guy. Like the way he goes about shafting the chaos gods is yeah. not. By any stretch of the imagination, a good thing. Um, yeah, and it's uh, more for a personal gain than uh, any sort of redeeming qualities. Yeah, hundred percent. It is most certainly purely about revenge. Um, but anyway, anyway. So the story starts with Golgoth, the little tribal barbarian. Now it's I find this really interesting. I thought this was a the books by Ben Counter as well. Just. Just thrown it out there. Hi, Ben. Also a Golden Demon winner. Yes, also Golden Demon winner. Ben Counter. And personal friend of mine. Please don't fact check it or get in touch with him to ask. Um, <laughs> but he... Um, yeah, I've, I feel like this book is... I, I don't think it did well in terms of its reviews from the critics. Um, I think a lot of people disliked it. And I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe it's because it's not based on Space Marines. Maybe it's 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 a very yeah. different book. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely sort of um, away from the more, what I'd refer to as the mainstream 40k stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think maybe that's why I like it, because I'm, I don't know, a hipster. You're just an edgelord, mate. Yeah, it's just, just facts in it, mate. I can't. It is where it is. Just... But it's... So... I really love the perspective of chaos, 40k chaos, from the perspective of like a tribal person, um, like a barbarian, because yeah. they talk about like magic and like, and it really sort of digs into that sort of actually 40k is quite, because there's, there's like ongoing argument about whether 40k is sci-fi or fantasy set in the future. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. This, this definitely sort of supports more that it's a fantasy setting, it just so happens to be in the future. Um because from Golgoth, yeah, definitely. It, like Golgoth's perspective, this is all magic. It's, yeah, it's um, certainly an interesting take. Um, so anyway, Golgoth meets a guy, a good friend of ours, Carnalon that we mentioned earlier. However, he goes by a different name at this point in the book, which is Kron. That's right, Dan. Kron. He is, uh, and basically this guy sort of presents himself as this old hermit who's cracking at like sorcery and stuff like that. And basically says to Golgoth, I will teach you, I will teach you the ways of of magic. And they go off to face some, like, I, how do I put this? It's one of those the, stories. Uh, the tribal leader. That's the one. It's one of those stories yeah. where it sort of, it feels like this is the plot. And that's how it sort of prefaced to you, the reader. This is what's. That what is going to happen, but then the actual plot is very much not that. That is not actually the main story arc here. Yeah, it kind of you're sort of going, oh, I wonder what's going to be happening here, and then it turns out to just sort of be the uh, the precursor to the real story. Exactly. So they they're going to face this like big um, chieftain barbarian um, who's Rick. that's the one uh, who is riddled with chaos. Um, he's a whole oh, big time, big old, big old mouth in the belly, limbs everywhere. That's the guy. That's Greg. Um, <laughs> it's him. Because he, um, he's the leader of the Emerald Sword Tribe, which Golgoth is a part of. Yes. And Golgoth has got uh, very upset with the fact that they've 
very much turned away from their good old-fashioned kicking-the-shit-out-of-everyone-and-everything warrior ways, and has thought that Grick has uh, got a bit bit fat and lazy, mm-hmm. doesn't really deserve to be running the tribe anymore, no, it... and he wants to take it over and bring it back to its former martial glory, doesn't he? Exactly. Um, and Grick's like selling people to... Lady Charybdia, who we mentioned earlier, who is a, a Slaneshi demon princess, and she is currently the Slaneshi ruler of this world. Um, now, so you do you call her Charybdia? Because I kept reading it as Charbidia. Char- I read but, it as Charybdia because I feel like it's based on um, the myth of Char- Char- Charybdis. Okay, which I don't know. So. Or Charyb- Charybdis. Uh, yeah, Charybdis is a, it's a sea monster in Greek mythology. Um, uh, she, with the sea monster Scylla, appears as a challenge to epic characters such as Odysseus, Jason, and someone else that I can't pronounce. Um, yeah, Charybdis. Some of a pal. So I feel like they've been named it after her, but you could be right. I don't know. We'll have to ask her, my good friend Benny Boy. So, or what his intention was. So, she is the Slaneshi Demon Princess, and she has. Mm-hmm. She's in, she has a big castle, basically. A big Slaneshi castle filled with Slaneshi nonsense, right? Yeah, what I found quite interesting was um, that when she's sort of talking about herself and how she got there, she didn't start as like a full demon. She started as just a regular person mm-hmm. on this demon world and then through working her way up through being a warrior and stuff has eventually ended up as this demon princess type in charge of the largest area of Torvendis in her what turns out to be quite grotesque pleasure palace <laughs> yes, if her, you will in her gnarly pleasure palace <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, think less um, like sexy time and more Hellraiser um, oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's not good um, but yeah, and yeah I-, I think one of my f- my favourite bits with it was uh the way that she has to turn down the um, the experience of things for regular mortals to even be in rooms. Yeah, like the um, like the smell and the sounds, and even like is it like yeah. the sights of it? Just the blinding color and like the deafening sound. It's just it will just kill regular mortal people. It's like Uh-oh. cranked right up. I think it opens up some interesting sort of um, like lorical implications as well. Like when we talk about her as a demon princess, you know, she worked her way up. She was a human at one point. Exactly the same as a demon prince. But I think the majority of the time when we talk about demon princes, when you, when you, even if you look at the mini, you know, it's um, like the new one that's come out. It's got the the space marine backpack, but bigger for chaos prince purposes. But it's always sort of yep. insinuated that the majority of demon princes are Astartes, or that they come from Astartes stock. Um, but it's a big galaxy, you know what I'm saying? There are others who ascend to that level. Um, Plenty of ways to make a name for yourself. Exactly, especially as far as the Chaos Gods are concerned, they work in tricky ways. So, um, yeah, no, there's definitely some implications here, because she's, I'm not going to say leader, but she sort of is. Um, they have a Slaneshi... Chaos Astartes faction on this planet, yep. which is, I find like really, I feel like in terms of like the story and like the setting, again, really interesting because it's all super fantasy based. 
So like talking barbarians, we're talking a castle, and then here you go, some fucking chaos space marines right here. Um, I kind of like the way though, as well, that they're they're not pushed front and center. It's not like oh, here's some space marines. All of a sudden, they're the plot point. You know? Oh yeah. It's like they're there, but they're at the behest of uh, the lady. Yeah, exactly. And I felt it's. I think what makes it a really interesting story is just that. I think it displays chaos in a very multifaceted way, which I think a lot of times we, I think as as fans of the forty k universe, we don't quite give like credence to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you've got the word bearers in here. Now the word bearers are organized. They are, I think, the one of the very few. I think one of two of the um, uh, chapters that, after falling to chaos, sort of kept their cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, you know, they still they treat chaos as a tool to be wielded. Um, they talk about sort of Lorgar's courts, and it is a court. It's you know you sit there and you discuss amicably, sort of, and in a yeah, very still rational way. Very highly structured, aren't they? Exactly. Um, I mean, the whole point of the word bearers being in there is um, the oh, what's his friggin' name now? Carnulon. 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 Um, he has abandoned the word bearers and so the the word bearers that are there are sent there to well kill him um yes indeed because you don't fuck around with word bearers and they're like look you've gone against Lorgar and this guy was quite high up in the courts as well he yep he'd spoken with Lorgar personally he knew he knew him they were best friends and he <laughs> betrayed him they were good buddies um betrayed him and so like you know the word bearers are coming after him because he's <sighs> At this stage of the stories where you don't know what his motivations are, you just know that he basically has broken rank, mm-hmm. which is enough for the word bearers. They like you know, there's there's, there's they keep their highly structured way of being Yeah, you break from the order of things, then you don't deserve to be a part of it anymore. No. And I think when you're so deep in chaos as well, they really have gotta have some pretty strict rules on themselves to stop themselves descending too far, um, and just yeah. becoming a rabble. Um but yeah, there's some real interesting little tidbits that sort of come out of that. Um, I like because Carnulon basically sheds his Astartes armor, yeah. Which for a Chaos Astartes is a pretty big deal because it kind of fuses to you after a bit. Yes, there's a scene, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Around that in his and ship, it doesn't sound particularly yeah. comfortable. He's basically peeled himself out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a like a lobster, <laughs> just a pair of them little crackers and a scoop. That's not a million miles away, but um, yeah, he's um, yeah. There's bits of him left all over his ship, um, essentially. Um, Comes out like floppy zoidberg. <laughs> just such a fantastic image. Um, yeah, he's he's not doing great. Um. But yeah, and then he obviously uses his magic to make himself appear a lot smaller. I think as well, because um, obviously he is an astartes. Yeah, there's a lot of um, huge. There's that whole thing around, uh, like the sorcerers in general on that world having the power to basically keep themselves together with the magic of chaos, and the flesh is just a shell, mm-hmm. and they can pretty much do what the fuck they like with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's yeah. There's a lot of lorical implications in this book, but I like it. I I think it's yeah. good. Um, I think again, hashtag spoilers. 
Um, so to talk about this dude, he effectively moves from being an ex-word bearer to revealing that he is the man of myth and legend on this planet. Um, so there was a myth, the there was boy. a legend of this great warrior who defeated a great beast. Um, it turns out he's this great warrior. And towards the back end of the book, he dons, like, he's made his own armour. Yeah, when he gets back to his ship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Out of bits of dead sea creatures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, and I, it just sounds nonsense, but bear with us here. Um, but I think, again, again, it opens up lyrical implications. You know, like when you're talking about your Astartes, you're talking about Chaos Astartes, do what the fuck they want. Like, this guy... Well, yeah, well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? Because um, the... Oh, who is it? Captain Amakir, the fellow that's hunting him down, yes. sort of has that moment where he's like, uh, is this Carnulon or... Is this Vec has taken his place, or is he like taken over his body? Yada yada yada. Which one is it? But either way, he's uh, twisting the chaos to sort of do a lot of lot of funky stuff. A lot of funky stuff. And speaking of funky stuff, he um, so with, through all of this. So basically, what you have is you've got that really great comparison. You've got the word bearers who. Even though they've got obliterators on them, the obliterators still feel semi-lucid. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of the times when you talk about obliterators, if you don't know who the, what obliterators are, why are you listening? Like, how can you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, you know what obliterators are at this stage. Fuck. And they have the obliterator virus and, like, they become fleshy, mountainous machine men, um, like, fused together. And they're very large. Um but a lot of the times, I feel, big boys. I feel like they're sort of depicted usually as being just these, like the like the brains of fried. Um, they're just yeah. these walking weapons. But yeah, I feel like the one in in this book was slightly more lucid than that. Yeah, he actually had some sort of uh, agency over what he was doing. Uh, he was like producing different weapons out of his body to suit different environments and stuff, and different combat, yep. and interacting with his. Yeah, he was still having a chat, still taking orders, still having a laugh. Know, he still knew his place. Having a joke in the in the hierarchy. Yeah, just just chilling out, <laughs> knocking back a few beers. Yes, that's good. Um, but and again, showing that sort of camaraderie that you see with the word bearers, like they are fundamentally they're still astartes, and this mm-hmm. and the way you've got to think about it when it comes to the word bearers is Logar had, I want to say, good intentions. He had intentions. <laughs> he had intentions <laughs> that were arguably not bad. The emperor was a bit of a dick. I'm just saying. So, but ultimately, he's not winning any best out awards. Well, no, That's no, sure. he isn't. I, no, I mean, Logar bought him. Basically, Logar bought him a number one best ad mug, and the emperor picked it up, looked at it, smashed it in his face, and went, "I fucking hate mugs, and I fucking hate you too." <laughs> so. <laughs> For for him to sort of be like, oh, okay, I I feel was quite a um, a warranted response. Uh, so as well, yeah, fuck you. Then I'm gonna go get a new daddy. <laughs> Fine, and got four. Chaos is my dad now. <laughs> In the chaos gods, um, so yeah, and but they still, I don't know. He tries to still keep like a semblance of organization. That like a semblance of. The, 
they're organised. They're just Astartes. Just instead of worshipping the Emperor, they worship the four chaos gods and they use them for their own ends. That is... I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? Because it because it's sort of like they're keeping to the whole, the whole chaos pantheon rather than one specific one. They're not losing themselves to it completely. Mm. It's like this is this is a two way street. And I think they not are just very much on the chaos is to be used, not yeah. and like worshipped and loved. Not just I don't know, but anyway. Um, I feel like that that is very much shown like the the difference between them and the violators who are the Slaneshi war band. Oh yeah. Um who are although they are very much yeah they're organized, you know, they've got military prowess. Um they are a Slaneshi war band is what they are. They are a small thing. They are here to protect Princess Charybdia, Charybdia, Charybdis, Lusness. <laughs> they're here for that purpose and that's why we they're here but what I love about the Violators is that they are again I like how Slanesh is talked about within the constraints of this book because it isn't all oh yeah sexy sexy mm. it's like yeah no. there's a little bit of that but there's um a, a little it's, I, a, a tiny little bit maybe but then it's almost like it's almost like there, there's a part where she's um she's looking down on that as being such a base way of worshipping Slanesh. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have your basic little peons doing their bit in the pleasure pits, but how far I've come from that, it's nothing to me now. Yeah, exactly. And the, the way that I worship Slanesh and the things that we do are so much more powerful and influential and important. It's like, there's, there's a bit of that, but it's, you know, it's success. It's not just shagging. Exactly, exactly. It's less smut and more... Like I said earlier, it's less smut, more Hellraiser, and it's like really taking it up to that oh, next yeah. notch. Um, like a lot of the Chaos cultists, the Saneshi cultists, they've got like, in the temples, they've got like razor wire and hooks just hanging down from the ceiling, so as they're walking through, it's just like catching on their yeah. skin and ripping bits of them off. Just And that's just BAU, that's just how it is. Um, yeah, there's the... Um... Oh god, there's a priest at one point in one of these Slaneshi temples that is f- like alive and fully functioning, but has got to the point of self-mutilation that he just doesn't have any skin anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's like pretty much fully like, flayed himself. It's like we've got yeah that, and it's like oh, oh. I mean, yeah, that's definitely excessive, mm. <laughs> sexy. Um... And like the Violators, the Chaos Space Marines, there's a lot of that sort of conversation happening. Um, do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the leader or the head of the Space Marines, Captain, help me with words, Dan. Uh, yes, yes, yes. He is... Well, he's a Dreadnought. Yeah, he? he's a Dreadnought. That's correct. Um, but he's still in charge. Which again, I thought was nice. Because I feel like... Caduceus? Yeah, that rings a bell. Oh no, Caduceus is the the commander of her armies. That's the regular army, not the Violators. Oh god, what's his feckin' name now? Um, well, it's not Steve. So anyway... It's not Steve. It's not Steve. So, and it's quite nice as well for me, I, and again, again, when we're talking Laurel implications, um, the leader being a Dreadnought. Because why yeah. wouldn't... Why wouldn't you put your... Your like your the you the, your general 
Like if your general's been injured, why would you not put them in a dreadnought? Fantastic, right? Brilliant. What a great idea. Again, as opposed to just this shambling, semi-conscious mess. Um, Well, this is what... He has a whole thing as well, isn't he? Where he's like, he was fearing being interred in a dreadnought because he thought it would dull his senses and he'd never be able to really experience what he needed to to fully worship Slanesh. And then he's like, but the way that he's melded with the machine has made his um, experience of war and killing and death so much greater. Exactly. Um, like, basically, his he feels what the machine feels now. Um, yes. But there's a fantastic bit where he basically opens his sarcophagus because he's like, he <laughs> only to the worthy will he finally feel the true experience and he's just like it's like just nerve ending so if you just think like his face is there but he's just all these nerve endings like reaching out so that he he just feel the pain like as directly and as intensely as is physically possible super sensitive um yeah yeah and he's fighting and like oh <laughs> makes you feel all yeah weird. rather than being like fully interred in like a coffin he's just got a set of doors on it and it's like yeah just so you open up a fleshy mass so he opens up his sensitive all right yeah i guess i guess it is still kind of sexy isn't it that's that's i, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the insinuation is there looking at him going it's, hey he opens up <laughs> to his sensitive inner parts fantastic <laughs> Um, no smut. Okay, this is a family. No smut. No family smut. friendly show. Children listen to this, um, which you shouldn't be. So stop it because this is marked as explicit. You know who I'm talking to. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Demetrius. I thought what a and like so the violators as well. So they're a blue color scheme. So like a a, a deep blue with silver trim. Yep. Uh, which I thought was an interesting little colour scheme for them as well. Um, and suit? Yeah, kind of like a Night Lords without the lightning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a million miles away from that. Um, but yeah, so an interesting little warband, I thought. Um, I, there was a really brilliant bit as well when the, I want to say Gunhawk, but I could be... Yep. yep. Um, yes, Gunhawk. Which they have, um, comes yes. up to fight another demon who will come to shortly. Um, but it's like that's all chaosified, yeah. And I really like that because I think in um, sort of in the minis, the only real sort of flying chaos stuff that you see outside of Nurgle is um, the Helldrake, but it isn't a Helldrake. Yes, it's a it's a mutated. It's a, it's a yeah, and the it's like the machine spirit has uh, mutated. But then I like that with the um, that's sorry, that's just got me thinking immediately of the Wordbearer ship as well. Uh, where they leave it waiting for them, and um, when they go back, they found the crew has been significantly reduced because the machine spirit is becoming so warped that it's been luring crew members into the uh, control room just to consume them. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, it's like, what? I'm broken. Come and fix me. <laughs> JK, gonna eat you. <laughs> yeah, like... um. Yeah, so like the machine spirit's like already pretty on on the edge of losing its mind, um, and they're sort of fully yeah. aware, which it sort of adds another layer of right. We really do need to get back to the ship at some point, otherwise it's just going <laughs> to go completely fucking nuts. It's just going to eat everything. So we should probably check in on the ship. 
It's like imagine parking your car and then coming back to it and it started killing people as it's worked. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the violators. That's the word bearer ship as well. So, um, yeah, so that just popped into my head when we were talking about that gunship. Yeah, no, I forgot about it. Um, but yeah, it's. Th- I feel like one of the reasons I like this book so much is because it explores so much of the chaos world, but in a very... I always feel like in a lot of the books and a lot of the stories, chaos is just the bad guy. Yeah. And it's their, their, their goals are evil, and the space marines are here to save the day. When it's like, no, no, it's not always that black and white. Sometimes yes. it's a little bit grey. Yeah, there's several uh. different facets to it. But then that's what I kind of like about the the whole thing of uh, Torvendus being that chaos world and like running mm-hmm. in cycles of who's in charge. Like the different gods keep fighting over it to see who's going to be who's going to be the one in control. Oh. oh yeah, for sure. Um, because again, that's sort of the whole point of this is this world is like a real gem for the chaos gods. Like the, having control over it has become like this status symbol. Yeah. Um, so it's like whoever is owning this world is like it's a big deal. And at the minute, it's in the hands of Slanesh. Um, Her time in the quickly, sun. Going back to the raptor thing though, because fucking sick. I want to do a mini on that. Like, I wholeheartedly read that, and I was like, yeah, I want to do a fucking proper chaos mutated, like, Gunhawk. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, Let's see it. Because that sounded sick. Yeah. Sort of the way that it was like, it was still a Gunhawk, but it wasn't. That is what it's called, isn't it? It is called a Gunhawk, isn't it? I want to I wanna say yes. I'm going to fact check this. Fact So we don't get any grumpy emails from Jono. Or was it a Thunderhawk? Thunderhawk. Thunderhawk gunship. Fucking hell. I should know that, because I want one of those. Yeah, so Thunderhawk, eh, Dan? Thunderhawks, yes. Thunderhawks are go. Thunderhawks are on the loose. Thunderhawks. Just as a super loose tie-in, uh, Thunderhawk is my homebrew legions. Legion? My homebrew chapters. There we go. Um... Yeah, I've got a whole legion. Uh, my home, my homebrew chapters aircraft of choice. I'm just nice, need to nice. get my hands on one. Have you? And I think you've got a link as well for a Thunderhawk that I should use from Forge World for if I ever wish to. Oh yes, it. yeah, it's an absolute steal at a mere five hundred and seventy-five of your English pounds. Fucking Jesus! <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> Imagine, imagine doing a fucking conversion of something that expensive. Oh, that I would just, be. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I would just be shitting I, my pants. I could. I could. I could definitely do that. <laughs> um, that's to you. Uh, that's if you'd just like to a lot of bits. Help support my. If you'd like to support my endeavors to spend too much money, go head over to our Patreon. It's just a low, low price of a pound a month, and you can join in our Discord group where we talk about like this, like we're doing right now. This is all part of the Discord groups. Can't be part of the community. Yeah. Bitch. And if you didn't want to get Forge World, you could go for the much more affordable Thunderhawk at a £30 price point. Uh, <laughs> which you could find at Element Games. Element, 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 Element Games. Games. I think... Yeah, but no, that's not the prop... Oh yeah, you could do because that's the, that's the um. It's the uh, Aeronautica Imperialis. That's the word. 
It's the aeronautical one. Although I have been very tempted to do like a little diorama using some of like the um, aeronautica and the other one with the knights. Um, Adeptus Titanicus. That's the one. Thank you, Dan. Um, but anyway, we're segueing now. We're not here to talk about how I want to create more projects for myself, like this <laughs> new Dornian Heresy diorama that I've just done, even though I have fuckloads of other stuff to do. Spiral. <laughs> just can't help myself, can't stop myself. Can't, can't stop, stop, won't stop. Won't stop the beat. <laughs> All right, anyway, so the book. Yes. The book, Demon World. We've got Slaneshi, we've got the cultists, they're all in there. I think you could definitely give a mini form, it'd be a fantastic piece to do. Lady Charybdia, she'd be a piece of piss, you just need to use a keeper of secrets. Bish, bash, bosh, mm-hmm. jobs are good. And I think she's represented as being red and black, you know, on one of the front covers of the book. Mm-hmm. So, like, red-skinned and with, like, black stripes, which I thought was an interesting take. That's not how I envisaged her. No, but then I think that's... Uh, I think that might be... Um, Caducea, her... I think this is the one, where she's got a gun in one hand and the spikes in the other. Oh, do you think? Yeah, I think that's her um, demonette uh, army commander. Oh, uh, you, know. you very well may be correct, sir. Because I'm sure... Sure, they mention her. It is. You are correct. You are right. You are correct. But still, a red Slaneshi demon. An interesting take because they're normally purple. Yeah. Yeah. She looks very, very corny, for want of a better word. I thought thought you genuinely meant like, that's a little bit corny, that. (laughs) Um, A little bit cornate. Um, Yes. Just a little bit. um, And speaking of corn, so, our good man, the guy whose name I can remember. Golgoth the Barbarian. Not Golgoth. I told Golgoth. No. No, not Golgoth. Carnalon, that's it. Um, Who is also called Kron, who is also called Vec. Um, I'm going to call him Vec from now on because I remember that easier. Yep. So Vec's journey. He's got Golgoth now. He's got Golgoth on board. They're beating the big tribal dude and he's like, right... On to the next place. We need to go and take down Lady Charybdia because, pff, obviously. Um, well, that was first, his, that was see... Golgoth's sort of reason for going, wasn't it? He was like, mm-hmm. "I don't like that old Charybdia is taking over so much of our good old mountain homes when we used to be yep. such fantastic warrior people, changing everything." So I want to take control of the Emerald Sword. Kron's like, I shall facilitate this fuckery. And then yeah, pretty much. obviously finds out that Grick and the other leaders were willingly uh, selling children and bodies to uh, Charybdia in exchange for not being destroyed. And uh, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't take that too well, does he? No, he, does, he doesn't like it. <laughs> he does not like it one little bit. So... Yeah, so Golgoth then sort of... it. Long story short, because it is a long story, and that's what this is. This is literally taking a long story and shortening it into a digestible format for you, the listener, in non... Or a, like, attempting to, anyway. 
non-chronological format so that it doesn't ruin it for you. So we're just throwing information at you. It's left, right and centre. And then you go, like, oh, yeah, that bit sounds interesting. Maybe I'll read the whole book so that the story can be told in the format of which it was supposed to be. But anyway, long story short, Golgoth gathers up a, Golgoth gathers up a little bit of an army. Just a little. And before we get to that, Vec, told Vec, he's like, but before we go and do all that, I just got to just going to stop off here first um and it opens up this like basically like a shaft like a hole in the ground oh yeah and there's a great big old city in there um an ancient city buried under the ground so they go down there and who do they find a corn demon it's the easiest to pronounce name ever well i was going to let you pronounce it i want to see how you, <laughs> okay. you go about it uh so in my head it's shulshakar yeah, that sounds pretty pretty close. Like Sulshikar. I was like Sulshikar. Sulshikar. Sh- sh- with Selshikar. <laughs> Fucking yes. Oh, we buy any car.com. Um <laughs> such a catchy advert, man. Uh so yeah, Sulshikar. I have wanted to do a mini of this for as long as I have been in this hobby. Oh. Um, and have denied myself this for reasons beyond my understanding. So, basically, and I love this about this, the whole bit of how Corn is represented here. He's very equine, so he has an equine yep. head, and he's all... And stop me if you, if you think differently, but this is my interpretation. So, in a nutshell, he was once defeated mm-hmm. by somebody who I can't remember. Uh... And in defeating him, they, they, like, proper got rid of him. Well, he like, was I think they... defeated by, um... Old Charybdia and Erlok. Was it? I thought it she's was. got his. Um, she's got his head. That's right. She's got his skull on display. Because this is how you find this bit out in the book. Because he rocks up and helps Golgoth and his armies fight Charybdia, and he's all like, "Yeah, cool. We like killing shit. I'm corn, you know. I do like killing." Yeah. So oh, cool. His entrance you can join in that us. Is fucking brilliant as well. It's um. Yeah, he like swoops in. He like flies in. He's um, he's brutal in this as well. Oh, he's, he's an like, absolute fucking savage. He's like, he's, he must be like about forty feet tall as well. He's like, he's big. Yeah, because they're they're having trouble getting through the walls, and he bowls up, and it's just like this wall. How about I just kick it open? Yeah, he fucks shit up, and then he he goes up against Charybdia. There's a fantastic scene as well where he's fighting the um, her Chaos Astartes, the Violators, and he's just like, "This is this is stupid." And just I think fucking butchers my favourite scene with him is uh, when he's having the standoff with Charybdia, and she's like, "You're not Shulshakar. I've got his head on my mantle." He's like, yep. he just starts laughing and rips the flesh off of his own face to reveal. <laughs> The metal head he's crafted himself after they cut his head off. And he's just like, (laughs) silly bitch. Takes more than that to kill me. Who needs heads? It's like a grand reveal that he's just like completely replaced his skeletal system. He's basically built a bronze version of himself and then inhabited it and then grown around it. He is... Yeah, so he's just brass. He's a brass skeleton demon horse with pale skin. Um, like, like I imagine it white, like proper white fleshed. Um, 
And all the blood letters as well are described as being like very pale skinned as well, which I quite like. It's, it, I feel like it's a very different kind of corn army, and I'd love to see it put on like to, I'd love to see it in mini form. If you think like loads of um, like real pale skinned blood letters, and then you've just got this very again like equine with like cogs and bits of machinery sticking out of them in brass and painted white and like half the skull showing yeah i i think that that could look amazing if done right because why let a little thing like losing your own head stop you exactly absolute insanity very corn as well i feel really extreme yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i just need to i'm not gonna let the loss of my own head stop me or being imprisoned underneath this world in an entire city that has been sunk to imprison me. I'm going to use this time to literally forge and implement a new skull and skeleton. Like, (laughs) okay. Just so I can go on to murder more things. And I love how he's described as pale-skinned as well. Like, I I envisage him being completely white. Um, and all the little blood letters and bloodlings are also described as being very pale. Yep. And I feel like that would be a really cool aesthetic to have for a little corn army. It was just like a little little couple of this and that, just very pale skinned in the yeah. use of like horses' heads as I, I feel like I've, on like bloodthirsters and stuff. I think I've seen some like paler sort of bone blood letter schemes before. And it can't I'm it sure I've definitely seen really blood well. like bone coloured and I've certainly seen frosty like the blue mm. um like blue looking ones and black and blue as well which was amazing it looked so good um yeah it's nice to just see like something a little bit different than red 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 yeah exactly and it is because I've and it is a shame because I feel like corn can be very interesting but people quite often just revert back to the that's corn that's corn red and brass yeah and again like you were saying before i think this book's really good at sort of investigating the different assets of chaos you know and it not just being this is them this is what they are this is what they do yeah exactly i mean like sol shakai's got like i say he's got a horse's head Mm -hmm. which is very not like any of the other like blood demony things i've i've seen um so yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought it was good. I thought it was a nice little touch, just a nice little detail, just to make it slightly different. Yeah, just bring it stand yeah. out from the pack a bit. So then, what happens next is they have a big old fight. Sulshikar summons a big old flood of blood that the barbarians sail yes. into the castle because they've not prepared for that. As in... the one thing they haven't prepared for is an assault by sea. Exactly, so he creates one out of blood. Exactly. Um, and then I don't know, like Lady Charybdis, she gets like killed in quite an unceremonious way as well, which I yeah. which I really liked. But it's kind um, of like it's a little bit of a revenge as well, isn't it? Yes, because she kept one of the oh, are they, are they called blood letters? The little yeah. blood demons, the little yeah, blood little letters. Um, she'd kept one sort of like as a fuck around thing to just just torment. torturing it, yeah. And um, that's the thing that kills her. Um, but then, like, they specifically sort of state... Because for her, death was supposed to be, like, the final big experience. Um, and because she let Slanesh down so much by losing, it's just pain and then nothing. Yeah. 
Um, and it's like just described as this massive anticlimax for her. It's just a nothing. It's just a blood letter that just kills her, and it, that's just it. Just and eats like, her alive. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Which I enjoyed. Um, delicious. So yeah, very un- unceremonious ending um, for her, which was interesting. Um, and again, that's and yeah, another one of the things where it's like, oh, I thought that was going to be like the the crescendo of the story, and it's like, oh wait, no, it's not. There's more no. to come. And then it, so again, hashtag spoilers. If you haven't figured that out at this stage, then you know <laughs> you're listening to the wrong episode. So it's like um, then Vec basically fucks off to this. It's they make they make reference to this throughout the book. This this star called the Slaughter Song. It turns out that the Slaughter Song is in fact it's, it's an old spacecraft from I think from like the golden era age of technology yeah um, like the uh, the dark age of technology it's like really like and anyway so he's donned himself this crustacean suit of armour for reasons beyond anybody's understanding um, and well because then... all of the all of the because it's a chaos world even the stuff in the oceans isn't just a normal fish or normal whales or whatever it's like big Chaos demony fucking whales. So it's, yeah, so this then like so his suit of armor that he's crafted from this is like really, really out there, um, and he has like a special sword. I can't remember why it's special though. Yes, it's but it's like he laments the fact that his armory in the ship isn't quite as well equipped as it used to be. So he's gonna have to make do with this sword that. Will cut through anything and bloody nigh on unbreakable. Uh, oh, guess this will have to do. And he's so he then fight like the final showdown is on this ship with the word bearers versus him. And I think what I really like about this is that he just fucking kicks ass. Oh. He's had like thousands and thousands of years of like fighting and just proper going for it. So he just absolutely wipes the floor with him. Just yeah. It just absolutely picks them apart, doesn't he? He's yeah. like, right, I know what they're going to do. I know their battle strategies. I've been doing, like, at a regular points through the fight, it's like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this so long. I know what's happening. Like, this is barely even testing me to take these guys out. Yeah, and he's just, like, dodging bullets, and he's just all over the fucking show, and he just takes them all out. Um, and then his sort of grand plan is revealed. Um, and so basically, it turns out, right, that this demon world, as per the title of the book, was in fact an Eldar maiden world. Yes, indeed. That got corrupted and turned into a demon world. But it is in fact the planet itself that is alive. So this story of Vec defeating this old beast was him defeating the planet. Bringing it and then, to order. So Golgoth, as per Vex instructions, finds this emerald sword. And by picking it up, wakes up the planet. Yeah, because he's um he sends down the little like after after the battle, after beating everything, Golgoth's kinda like the fuck am I supposed to do now? And then all of a sudden realizes that maybe making a deal with a demon prince of corn wasn't the best of ideas when Shulshagar no. and his mates turn around and start eating everyone. 
Yes, that does happen. So that that sort of pact lasts not very long at all <laughs> until um, everyone else is dead. But even when sudden... making the pact, like there's this brilliant bit where Golgoth is like making this pact with Sol Shakar and this fucking massive demon thing is like looking down at him and he's like, "Yeah, sure, that suits me for now." For In, now, like, this real wink. obvious, <laughs> exactly like a real obvious kind of hmm. I'd be like, hmm. I don't okay. think this is going to work out very well. Yeah, this might go a little backwards. I don't know what he was expecting. What did he think would happen when the battle was over? Still Chicago go, right, folks, well, I guess we'll be off then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gives like, it the oh, old. Oh. But then that's his, that comes to in the end as well, isn't it? Because he's just continuously driven by this hate and mm. loathing. And that's... His anger and his hate. Yeah, very corny, but it's um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because again, I think it sort of and Golga sort of realizes at the end in kind of like this sort of huh, well, I've been a little bit silly, haven't I? (laughs) Yeah, I've been a little bit silly. I got carried away, and this is where we're at. And it's sort of in this sort of and the moral of this story is like maybe maybe don't like be a dick. (laughs) Maybe you should (laughs) maybe maybe think. Before you make packs with demons, yeah, exactly. and sorcerers that you don't yeah. know, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, so because it turns out that Vec was basically just stringing along the whole time. This is exactly what he wanted. He wakes up the planet, and the planet eats itself. Yeah, or implodes. Yeah, it, it kind of um, it kills itself. Yeah, it ends basically. up tearing itself apart, doesn't it? As a because it's gone mad, so the planet's gone mad. And Absolutely it's crazy bonkers. with chaos, and it tears itself apart, and that is all part of Vex's plan to basically, as one final fuck you to the chaos gods. Um, so yeah, just... so for as far as I could tell, the like the whole sort of thing about the last and the planet being sentient, it's the maiden world has sort of gained the sentience going into the maelstrom. It's then been driven mad by. All of the chaos. Yep. Vec many, many moons ago, it wasn't what has in legend become this battle against this sort of mysterious foe, is actually Vec gaining control over this world before yep. it can destroy itself, locking it down, putting it to sleep. Yep. And then in his own pure fucking hubris, going, Yeah, I kind of just want a way to wake this world up again. Mm-hmm. Even though it's going to destroy itself if it does, I I want to have that power, just just so that I know I can. It's a real, basically, because he goes on this little spiel about fuck the chaos gods. They promised me like mm-hmm. they promised so much, and basically all I've been is a pawn to them, and I've killed countless innocents, and basically not been a very nice man, and I actually have absolutely mm. nothing to show for it now. It was all for nothing. What a waste of my time. And I feel a bit stupid myself. And again, sort of goes back to the whole sort of, I feel like I've been a little bit silly. Like, I've been very selfish and a bit naughty. And I kind of feel like I was lied to now. Yeah. So now I'm going to... But then there's also the fact that these are plans that he's had, that that are coming to fruition, that he's been planning for thousands of years. Mm. Like, when he's... I guess, how do you fuck over the gods, though? Yeah, exactly. You can't... And 
the only way you can really do it and that he's decided he can really sort of achieve that is by building this up to be like exactly like look this world is your pinnacle this is like your shining gem you're fighting amongst yourselves for this and look i've just taken it away from all of you and it's like the patience and the just sheer just determination it's taken for him to plan this for that many years and you think how long he how long must he have been either sort of taking the place of Carnulon, a word bearer that has been alive at least 10,000 years Yep, hell of a long time. Like how how long has he been planning this massive just fuck you to the chaos gods? By going, and now I'm just gonna destroy your world that you're fighting over. Exactly. Um Yeah. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. I kinda get like the ending is sort of a little bit like, huh. Okay. Okay. But I do like that sort of I don't know. Like, he's not redeeming his character, but he is basically saying he regrets going chaos. He regrets being, like, following Lorgar. He regrets following the whims of the chaos gods. Yeah. He was always just a pawn. And not in sort of like a, I'm now a good guy kind of a way, but in a, Twas all you're, for all, now. you're all dickheads. All of you. Yeah. <laughs> so like Kind of gives it was... that, that sort of like, you know, yeah, I've got all this power, but for what? It's not been worth it if there's a moral to be had from the story, I suppose. It's not worth being a massive prick for power because it doesn't bring you joy. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I guess it's just that he's realised that he's got nothing out of it. He's got nothing. Yeah. And that's sort of like the ending of this tale in terms of a people striving for power and then realising that once you've achieved these, these, I don't know, not narrow-minded, but being so hyper focused on these on these goals once you've achieved them you kind of just left a little bit empty especially if you've shafted everybody left right and center to get there <laughs> yep and now they're just there and like vec he's like well only one thing for it burn it all down <laughs> burn it <laughs> burn to it. the fucking ground burn it all down golgoth just disappears into a crater and that's it yep. he just tumbles into darkness Dead, that's it, dead. <laughs> Literally just Sul- falls into the centre of the world. Sul Shikar, he's dead. Caribbean's yeah, the dead. way that the uh, the whole, the world changes an entire mountain range into a giant set of jaws around the city to consume Sul Shikar and all of his demon host is uh, pretty fucking savage. It's, yeah. And it's a, it's a lovely tale where everybody dies. Everybody dies. Although I didn't think Vec actually died, but if you look at the plot summary, it does say that Vec dies in the end. But I didn't think he did. Yeah, I suppose. <coughs> then once the world's collapsed, maybe it's probably gonna. Cause... It's left a little open. I felt. I felt like there was enough for them to sort of bring him back, but I don't think that Ben has any plans. Yeah. Of bringing the character back. Again, because um. did that? What happened to the um, God? What's this ship called again? The slaughter song. Does the slaughter it. song make it out alive, or did they end up blowing it up? Um, I don't remember. Frankly, I don't remember. I think it gets blown up, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's. I think again, it, it is left a little bit towards the back end. I feel like it's a little bit open, but I could be mistaken. I could be mis- misremembering the ending. 
But um, that's it. That's Demon World. It's a story of a young, angry, tribal, he, barbarian man. That's it, sorry. He decides to take the slaughter songs back into orbit to watch the destruction. That's it. Uh, and obviously the destruction of the world vaporises the... Because <laughs> he... It not only vaporises him, but the word bearer shuttle as well. Because he takes out their ship, but leaves them to wait to die. The ones that escape him anyway. Yeah, it's... um. It's not a feel-good hit of the summer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. It is literally the story of a tribal guy and who tries to raise up against his oppressors and ends up waking the world up and being solid whole by it. Yeah. And dying, along with everybody he ever cared about. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yep. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. But like I say, real good. I just, I enjoy it because it's got such a, it's a, a really cool way of looking at chaos. And I think it opens up some implications and ways of approaching chaos and thinking about how does chaos interact with everything. Um, there was a fantastic article that um, a good friend of mine, Woody, um, pointed out to me many, many moons ago. I probably struggled to find it now. Um, but it was sort of a day in the life of a chaos Astartes. Yeah. Um, that someone had written. And it was. Um, and they've done a lot of shitty things. So to not want to be a part of that isn't that hard to grasp. Yeah, especially for, you know, especially for the likes of Golgoth and those tribes where it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. Huh? I mean, I think it's interesting because I don't think they have any concept of the wider universe. Mm. I don't think they're aware of the Imperium. And then you throw sort of the Chaos Astartes into it and they're sort of more described as like just regular knights in shining armour but they've got fucking las pistols. Yeah. And shit. It's a, it's a really interesting book. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I like you've said it. It's, I like the way that it explores more than just the basic uh, sort of aspects of those Chaos factions of Korn and Slaanesh. It's like, it's not just about Killing and shagging. Especially with the Slanesh stuff. Especially with the Slanesh stuff, yeah. Like, one of my favourite parts is the uh, Lady Kavidia's um, lift that's powered by anguished souls. Yeah. (laughs) Just gonna descend down into these mines on people's suffering. Which, why not? Cool, cool. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Um, it's there's a lot more to it as well. There's a lot more happens, and there's a lot more intricate sort of interpersonal relationships within the story. But it's wholeheartedly worth checking out. Definitely. Now, have you got any final thoughts on it, Dan? Uh, no, I think we've touched on quite pretty much all of it. Um, the only one we kind of left out maybe was Caducia, Caducia, however you say, the commander of um, Cabidia's legions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who again is like she's a Slaneshi worshipper, but finds her way of worshiping Slanesh in like a warfare kind of way, in the excess of the killing, and yes. not just down the old pleasure pits again. And yeah, the exactly. fact that they and it's... like they mine the world to to mine the suffering of bodies and losses of past like inhabitants. Exactly. It's wild. Which is just it's, mental. Um, 
And and again, it's I think it's a nice little because I think the violators have that vibe as well, and it's that Slanesha you can like worship Slanesh just through being a badass warrior. Yeah. Through killing and through through blood, like blood for the blood god, skull for the skull throne. That yeah. can kind of also that can do it for Slanesh too. Because too many people fuse excess with sexy times. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, they do. No right. smut. No smut here. But um, yeah, no, it's a, a fantastic depiction of various different and how chaos interacts with itself and how word bearers interact with that as well. And yeah, big fan. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I just really, really enjoyed how um, how it sort of explored chaos a lot more than that. Just this is the bad guy. Yes. You know? Yes. It's um. Yeah, it's definitely worth a read. It shows a so, bit yeah. more of the grey in the forty k world. It gets three big. Bob, thumbs up. That's what it gets. I don't want to know what the third thumb is. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's play a little game over. Thumb or penis. <laughs> uh... Jesus. Uh, it's a real game. Give me a shower. I'll show you how to play. Um... <laughs> Not in the office. Um... <laughs> that's And that's Demon World, folks. That's that Demon. is Demon World. Yeah, no, definitely check it out, um, and we'll look at what we're going to do for next month. Exactly. Come check out the Discord. If you're already in there, head on over. Come read a book with us. Yeah. Come talk about the book afterwards, and maybe we'll record it in this fashion like this, in a long, rambling, say, like, just expressing of facts for an hour and a bit. Yeah. And it's the occasional opinion. Exactly. It'll be fun. So, I've been Bob. I've been Dan. Don't skip Black Day, mate. Core blimey. <laughs> Core blimey. Yeah, nah, mate. Yeah, nah. Don't skip Black Day. Don't skip Black Day. Yar. <laughs> Can't do Australian, <laughs> alright? He's <laughs> Australian, not a fucking pirate. <laughs> he might. He could be both. They are not mutually exclusive, okay? True, true. Okay. And I've been Jono. Don't skip Black Day, you bastards. Good. Discord appears to have crashed. There we go, and we are back. Heard you, but still a little... There we go, and we're back. How about now? Mm. How about now? Still not great. How about now? How about now? Yep, still still pretty on-off. I got how about... Nah, okay, I'm gonna try something. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> yeah, Hello, Jono. <laughs> we are recording, by the way. Hello. Hello, Jono. Would you? How do you feel about a chaos mutated Thunderhawk? <laughs> we just need yeah and nah, and you can just edit him into just agreeing with everything we say. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
Thank you, Jono. Goodbye. Sleep well. <laughs> One day he's going to get us cancelled. It's a good thing you do all the editing. He does it on purpose. Oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> it's <a> fucking wanker. <laughs> ah. And if you want to wait for Dan as he goes to Halloween, we'll probably cut this bit out of the show. <laughs>